when I was cleaning the bathrooms or leading a student ministry of 12 kids, I knew I had more in me, but that was my assignment at that moment. And we always encourage people, if you stay faithful to your assignment, God's going to grow you in your calling. So So there is just that staying faithful wherever he's put you don't, a lot of people confuse their assignment and their calling. And if the assignment isn't what they want in that moment, they feel like, well, then this isn't where God's going to work out this call that's on my life. But the truth is when you just stay faithful in the assignment, whatever it is, it's going to change. If you stay faithful, God's going to keep growing you. Welcome to the Live Lead Last podcast, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. I'm James Duvall, and I'm here with Lisa, who is also my beautiful wife and co-host. Hey, friends. Wherever you're located and whatever you're doing, we hope you're doing great and that today's episode will encourage you. We're having a blast and learning so much every week as we continue to build the podcast. It's great seeing the podcast community grow week after week, and now we have people listening in 13 different countries. I hope they can translate my country accent, which is just crazy to think about. We appreciate everyone who's joining us for each episode. We also want to thank you for continuing to share the podcast with your friends and family. Really, the way people hear about the podcast is the word of mouth and the influence of the growing Lively Last community. So thank you and please keep doing it. Lisa, we've been talking about our special Thanksgiving episode that will air Thanksgiving week. Yes, 2020 has been a hard year for all of us and some more than others. However, we want to take some time as a community to express gratitude and also share some of our family traditions. So here's what we're asking you to do. Please go to anchor.fm backslash live lead last. There you'll see a link that says message. When you click that link, you can leave an audio message for us. There are four things we're asking you to tell us. Your name, where you're from, something that you are thankful for, and one Thanksgiving tradition from your family. That tradition could be anything from a game you always play to an unusual food that you eat for your Thanksgiving meal. James, this is pretty simple. Your name, my name is Lisa Duvall. Where you're from, I'm from the South, but moved to South Florida. Florida. Something you're thankful for. I'm thankful for you. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And then one tradition for your family. One tradition I changed was a lot of my family didn't wear shirts around Thanksgiving table, but a tradition we have in the Duval house is we always wear shirts around the Thanksgiving table. And that might be a story that you hear on the Thanksgiving special. That's right. So you can pause this episode and leave us that message right now. But if you do, make sure you come back and listen to the rest of the show. Because today's episode features our lifelong friends and our pastors, Pastor Todd and Julie Mullins. They are senior pastors of Christ Fellowship Church and some of the most amazing people. This interview is so rich. They have so much wisdom and insight on leadership and relationships. They are an example of a couple who are leading their lives and leveraging their influence to make a huge impact in the world. So let's dive in. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the podcast. We've been looking forward to this for some time. When we started planning the launch of the show, we knew we wanted to have you guys as guests. Julie, you always say you love introducing your favorite people to your favorite people. So we're excited to introduce you, two of our favorite people, to the Live Lead Last podcast community. So thanks for being on the show today. We're real excited about it. We are excited to be here with you guys. And we're proud of you stepping out and getting this information, this inspiration out to so many people. And that we get to be a part of it is just kind of an honor since we've kind of done life together for Mm -hmm. 24 years. Yeah. And I love the whole theme of the podcast, to live well 
to lead well so that you can last. And you guys have really gone the distance in life and in ministry. And it's just been fun. It's been fun doing it together. And so I love what we get to do in this time together just to talk about what we're all so passionate about. So each episode, I feel like things that we talk about are things that we learn from you guys. So all that we've learned, we've learned with you or from you or, oh my goodness, let's not ever do that again kind of thing. <laughs> lots <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah, lots of that. So actually, if you listen to the podcast, you'll see that we just rip a lot of stuff that you guys say all the time. <laughs> not so. true, not true. So we've known each other and have done life together for two decades. Doesn't that sound amazing? Sounds old. It sounds old. That's why I didn't say the number of years. So it's two decades. So we think we know you guys pretty well. However, many of our listeners, this will be their first introduction to you. So to start out, we wanted to give our listeners a brief history of your relationship with each other, which is a pretty interesting story and fun story. Your family, your journey to leading one of the largest, most influential churches in the United States. It's a hidden secret. Really, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julie and I, as you guys know, met in seventh grade at church. So we were both in the same youth group. I always say it's good to meet your spouse in the house, right? <laughs> and so we dated on and off. Through. Yeah, we dated on and off. You always say that it was more on than off. I, I can definitely, you know, it depends on who has the mic. I have it right now. It was definitely more off than on. So I went off to college. I was a year older than Todd. And for my entire freshman year of college, I stayed completely faithful. Yes, Lord. But when it was time for Todd to head off to college, we had a spiritual conversation where we decided to release each other to I, find I think God's I will. I decided and yeah, you said, okay. I did. So what good so are you Christian saying Todd girl, was a player? Well, Ooh. I'm not going to go that far, but I, what good Christian girl is not going to release somebody to find God's will? Whatever. But anyway, he came home after we had been broken up for 18 months. Let that sink in. Remember, there are no cell phones at right? this time. We yeah. were not texting or following each other on Instagram. No email. No email. So he came home on a Christmas break and we just started hanging out, you know, just going out to pizza with the youth group, just hanging out with groups of friends. And one night he asked me for dinner, just the two of us. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, friends are friends forever. That was kind of the thing he back then. <laughs> and so I went out and we started talking about our relationship. And then he reaches for my hand, holding hands. I'm like, what is this? It's been 18 months. And hey. next thing I know, he is down on one knee with a ring asking me to marry him. And my first response was, no way. Yeah, and are I didn't know if she meant me? no, no way or like, wow, no way. Uh, I, had to, I had to figure that out. And it was actually, yes, yes no way. And yes. so 33 years later, we've enjoyed uh, a lot of dips and turns and wild ride all along the way. But we love serving church together. We started serving in the church back when we were in high school and have been doing that ever since. And our first assignment at Christ Fellowship was just volunteer student pastors, volunteer kids ministry, whatever needed to be done. And when I actually came on staff in an official way, I was the janitor and the secretary and the youth pastor and the worship guy all rolled into one, whatever needed to be done. Julie was working in the schools. I call her my sugar mama because she actually <laughs> she had a real job that paid money. Yeah, you were making $100 a week. So somebody had you to, know, make somebody somebody to make some yeah. money, right? So, But our assignments have changed a lot through the yeah, years. Yeah. You know, our calling throughout these last 30 plus years has been the same. It's been to make church a place that reflects the John 10, 10 life, you know, the abundant full life that Jesus came to give us to make church a place where Jesus is easy to find and hard to forget. So our calling has been the same, but our assignment has changed with every single season. There were seasons when my assignment was not working full time in the church, but really knowing that our calling was going to be the same. Yeah. When I was cleaning the bathrooms or leading a student ministry of 12 kids, I knew I had more in me, but that was my assignment at that moment. And we always encourage people, you know, if you stay faithful to your assignment, God's going to grow you in your calling. So, so there is just that staying faithful wherever he's put you. Don't, a lot of people confuse their assignment and their calling. 
And if the assignment isn't what they want in that moment, they feel like, well, then this isn't where God's going to work out this call that's on my life. But the truth is, when you just stay faithful in the assignment, whatever it is, it's going to change. If you stay faithful, God's going to keep growing you. Yeah. And I think also that leading with different assignments in every single season, and I think particularly as a woman that my assignment probably changed more frequently than yours did. But in every single season, when you're called to lead together, even though your assignments might be different, they both bring equal value to the calling. And that's really that, you know, we, we talk about this in ministry, but that's really whenever you're leading together, every family has a different call and a different purpose, but your different assignments may be different. They, they may change, but both the husband and the wife bring bring equal value to that calling that you have together. People want to be in a noun, but they don't want to do the verb. And so what you're talking about, you weren't focused on the noun of what we want to be, but it's going, this is what we're going to do. And the what and who the noun came after that. I love that on a daily basis. Well, a key distinctive of your leadership you mentioned is that you co-pastor the church together. And obviously everyone has strengths and weaknesses in their leadership. So I'm curious, how do you leverage each other's strengths? And also how do you compensate for each other's weaknesses? Great question, because you're right. We do have different, different strengths for different people, right? But I had to realize there are things Julie's just much better at doing in leadership than I am. Her brain connects all these dots that just help connect the ministries to the purpose and moving things forward. She's better at leading those initiatives across the organization or identifying what the team as a whole needs. So why would I try to insert myself and try to take that on if she's actually better at it than I am? I just need to go to the meeting and support her leading that. It's discovering what I'm better at, discovering what she's better at, and then together as a whole, we complement each other in moving the ministry forward. You've been really great, not just in my leadership, but in so many other people's leadership, great leaders make room for other leaders to lead. And and that's just been a conviction and a principle that you live by. So whether it's me or whether it's somebody else that you've always done that, that's how I've seen you really be able to not only leverage maybe my strengths, but other people's also. You know, I was thinking about this too, is that we are not each other's biggest cheerleader. Because when you think about what a cheerleader does, it's like (laughs) the team can be down 25 points and the cheerleader's on the sideline going, we're number one, we're number one. And you're not, (laughs) you're pretty much in last place at that minute. And so, you know, you don't want to do that to each other. And so we're not each other's biggest cheerleader, but we are each other's biggest encourager. And so encourage means to give courage and sometimes giving courage to the other person is in words of affirmation and that needs to flow. But there's also times when it's having the courageous conversation, being able to speak into each other's lives. I was thinking about one of my weaknesses is I can just start pushing so hard and so fast. And there's times when I actually become preoccupied with the task that I'm engaged in and I'll just walk right by people. And Todd, he has this strength, no matter how busy he is, he just has such a great capacity to see people. And one of the things that he's helped me with is to know when I'm doing those things. I've invited him in. I've asked him for help. Hey, you are so good at this. So can you help me be better at this? And so there's been times when I've walked in and just started telling everybody what to do. And, you know, he'll, he'll go, Hey, Julie, can you come here for a minute? And, you know, he'll say, Hey, when you walked in, I know you didn't mean to do this, but you know, you might've left a little bit of wreckage in your path, but you I know, can it was relate hard. to that for myself. Cause I do the same thing. I think. But, you know, it, it was hard to hear at first. 
But when I went back out and I saw the fruit of just making an apology and just say, hey guys, I didn't mean to do that, but I would have never known if I hadn't asked. So I think one of the biggest ways is just really asking Mm -hmm. each other for help and allowing each other to have the courageous conversation. We coach each other up all the time. And I know that no one has my best interest in mind like Julie does. So I need to listen to her coaching and vice versa. And she has helped me become such a better pastor and leader because of those sidebar conversations where she's like, hey, you may not know this. And so just having somebody in your corner that's that's giving you that, it's good. You know, we just talked about weaknesses, but I think when the people that are closest to us, we actually get to see the seeds of their strength before anybody else does. And so the other part about giving somebody else courage is to go, hey, I see this seed of something that you can do that you may not even see in yourself. And so we have the privilege of being able to call out that in each other too. And Todd definitely did that for me. He saw that I had a a little seed of potential in the area of teaching and just being able to call that out earlier before anybody else saw it. There's things that we see in the people that are closest to us, but it, it does take keeping our eyes out for those things and looking for those seeds of potential and really mining for the gold in each other. I love it. One of the things that you said that I think is so good to highlight is it's not just coaching up what's wrong or what should be better, but looking at the strength of the other person and going, I'm going to maximize this in my own leadership. James is decisive and clear and makes decisions. He maybe doesn't calculate and process them as much as I toil over them, but I've learned to go, I need to make a good quick decision. I can correct it if it's wrong. And I love that. And he relationally, empathetically will like lean and watch how I may interact with people or how I'm slow with people. And there's learning there. But the truth is when I think about marriage relationship, we're of course learning from each other, but we as leaders under your leadership have watched you guys and have seen how you, Pastor Todd, enter a room and bring energy level up. I don't exude a lot of energy, but I work that up in myself to go, I'm going to set the tone for the room. We talk about that around here a lot. Pastor Julie, one of the things that I've learned from you early on before we had an HR department is how we actually navigate and love people through hard times, loving people well and leading them well, taking them and being along the journey with them. So I think relationally, marriage-wise, we learn, but also when we're working with people like you, we're going, we want to see, we want to do. We want to maximize that strength in our lives. Yeah, I was also thinking as you guys were sharing, you're the average of your five closest friends and the things you're saying is like, hey, I think we do that too. And I was like, well, yes. yeah, I mean, of we course. hang around with yes. great people. I mean, you, you begin to mm-hmm. you know see that thing, those things modeled for you and you begin to put those same practices in the place in your relationship. So I think it's a powerful yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like, ooh, that's really cool. I love that. I want to be like that. Yes. I want to be that kind of person. A there you are person when you walk in the room. Pastor Todd is a there you are person, which is there you are. So good to see you. Not like here I am. Ask about me. Talk about me. Let's yes. Lisa, you are a great there you are kind of person. You write in every room. So I didn't know you had to work at it so much. Yeah, Yeah. I learned from the best. (laughs) Okay. So you two model what a healthy marriage looks like and what strong leadership looks like. How do you think leading together builds your relationship? I think that we came to the conclusion really early on is that our marriage is the most important 
message that we're ever going to preach because we realize that very few people are going to remember the message that we preached three months ago, no matter how hard we worked on it. I don't think I remember what message I preached three weeks <laughs> or ago. Or three years ago. And all that time that we put into the word that we pour out to our church on the weekend, and a lot of people aren't even taking notes. It's so sad to think about it that take way. Take notes, people. But, Listen, if you go to church, take, take notes. notes when your pastor preaches. It, yes. Even if you're just scribbling down your grocery list, it actually will inspire the <laughs> pastor to see you do that. But really, our team and our church family, they're going to remember the health of our marriage. Mm-hmm. They're going to remember what was modeled. I remember several months ago that we had spoken on relationships and I got a letter from a young girl. She was about 16 years old and she had just been through the most devastating situation in her family where her dad left her mom and she was just living in the wreckage of that. And she wasn't even sure if this whole God thing was for real. And she wrote me this letter and she said, after watching you and Todd share and the way that you laughed together and the way that you interacted, I I think I have a little bit of hope again. Our marriage is not perfect by any means, but if you notice, she didn't mention one of the points that we shared she didn't mention the bottom line or one quick, you know, quippy statement that was tweetable. What she saw was just who we were when we were together. That's going to make the lasting impact. People aren't going to remember what we said, but they're going to remember who we were. We know that we have to prioritize this over anything else that we do. This podcast is really about how we leverage influence and we all have influence it can be positive or negative. We talk a lot here about culture and you can either define or be the by default. And I think influence is a lot the same way. And what you just shared is just this intentionality of prioritizing your relationship is creating influence. We're just blown away all the time by how people are just watching us. And what you just said, you just don't realize how many people are following our influence and watching what we're doing. So I think it's really powerful what you said. So your marriage is obviously a picture of marital bliss. <laughs> 24 hours a day. But I can imagine that there are opportunities when you're leading together for tension to happen in your working relationship. How have you learned to manage and navigate those tensions and keep your relationship so strong? First of all, we don't plan to agree on everything. And when we don't agree on everything, it doesn't mean that we are disunified. It just means we're not the same person, right? Yeah. We're two different people, two different perspectives on different things. And so when that comes to the workplace and leading together, uh, it did require along the way marking out what areas I'm responsible for and what areas Julie's responsible for, and then knowing what we're going to make calls on together. And then the distinctive calls that Julie has to make, if she needs to make them and it's her call, if I disagree with it, it's her call. And if I disagree a lot, we'll go offside and talk about it, but not publicly because I don't want to undermine the areas that she's given leadership over. Same is true with me. If there's something I'm deciding that if it's a big deal, she's going to pull me aside before I make the call. And obviously, if you're in communication with each other and talking about things, which we tend to do all the time (laughs) when it comes to church and ministry and life and leadership, those things will rise to the surface. I understand those things that Julie's passionate about that maybe it's going to ultimately be my call, but I'm going to lean in and listen knowing that she's got some perspective that I don't have. You know, we always say around here, you don't know what you don't know and what you don't know can hurt you. And if the other person actually knows something you don't know, you want to know what they know so you can make the right call. So I think it's just being clear in those things. You can't always bring certainty to a situation, but you can bring clarity around a situation. So we've tried to always bring clarity to those things that Julie's leading, the things I'm leading, and then the things that we're leading together. Yeah, that's so true because we lead together, but a lot of times we're leading together separately. And so we're responsible for different things. I think for me, I've learned to navigate work tension and any tension because I used to see tension as something 
something negative in the workplace, in our relationship. And what I realized was the actual definition of tension is two opposing forces that bring about extension. And what is extension? It's growth. And so when you've got two opposing forces or two opposing opinions that you're navigating through, it's going to bring growth. So embracing tension as an opportunity to grow and also embracing the tension of leading together, but being two different people. Like Todd said, we're going to have two different opinions and and we can have a lot of really great, hearty, tense conversation Mm -hmm. in meetings that may include the two of us. And when we're having those conversations and before we get to the decision, that part of it has been helping other people to know that we're not always going to say the same thing in those conversations. We're we're going to have different opinions because if we were going to speak the same thing all the time, there really would one of us isn't necessary. And so, you know, but once the decision is made that we walk out and we speak with the same voice. So sometimes that takes time. Sometimes it takes, you know, really navigating that tension. But it actually took bringing clarity to our teams that we led, where we both were voicing different opinions or thoughts in. They were viewing that sometimes as, oh, there's confusion or we don't really know what you want. Well, in that moment, we're all processing it together and we both come to the table with our own thoughts and ideas to beat up the best idea. And then also we try not to bring a lot of this tension home. Early on, we decided when we started working together that we were going to schedule a work meeting together. We knew we had a meeting, so we had a running agenda yes. that we could put <laughs> the things that we wanted to talk about. I used to wait for Todd to wake up in the morning. I wake up before him and She'd I be would... like, okay, I need to talk to you about these three things. I'm like, I haven't had coffee. <laughs> I'm with you there. I haven't talked to Jesus yet. I should not talk to anybody. should not be yet. talking to me. So yeah, I was going to mention this too, that it's not just about safeguarding our relationship. It's about safeguarding relationships with the people that we serve with, because we obviously know this is a sacred responsibility that we're leading together, but we also are leading with other people. And so I know that there's a lot of areas that we actually think very much alike. We've been married for 30 plus years. We're obviously going to see things through the same lens many times and have the same bent when it comes to decisions. And, And I think that sometimes it's about making sure we safeguard the relationships that we're leading with, because I know that I could probably influence Todd on some decisions when other people are bringing things to the table. And I found myself just knowing what a responsibility that is, because I want what's best for the team. I want what's best for the church, not necessarily what's best for me. Sometimes I find myself when I am bringing a situation to Todd, somebody else's idea from the team that I may not even agree with. I'll find myself presenting the idea as if it's my own. And I start debate, not debating, but pushing for it or just really having as if it's my own and finding all the reasons why this is a great idea. And it actually, I think it brings us to better solutions and it also helps preserve relationships and making sure that when there's tension with team members, that we guard ourselves on how we even talk about the people in our lives, because we know, again, this is a sacred responsibility. These are sacred relationships. There's a great section in Covey's book, The Speed of Trust, where it talks about the fact that some of us in leadership are in positions where we have to talk about people and about negative situations, but how you do that is so important. And I find that when we're talking about people, even our own household, that we talk about them with great regard as if they're sitting right there, making sure that we always have their best in mind and not just what our best is. There was so much gold, just that little section right there, not just on marriage, but just on leadership and leading and team. So much stuff there that was so good. So we're going to pause the conversation there and pick it up next week. There was so much good stuff today. Todd and Julie really are an example of people who have stayed faithful to any and all assignments. And God has continually increased our influence and platform. 
I was really encouraged by one of the things that Julie said. Great leaders make room for other leaders to lead. Not that we all are great leaders, but I know this is something, James, you and I want to do is gift space and ability for other leaders to lead. Next week, we'll continue the conversation with Pastors Todd and Julie and talk more about how they make room for female leaders to lead and champion the next generation to step up in their leadership. We're also going to talk about some leadership lessons that they have learned during the COVID pandemic. So make sure to join us next week. We want to remind you that we are putting together a special Thanksgiving week show and we want to invite you to be a part of it. So go to anchor.fm backslash live lead last and leave us an audio message. The four things we're asking you to tell us are your name, where you're from, something you're thankful for, and one Thanksgiving tradition from your family. You can also get the link in the show notes at www.liveleadlast.com where you can always leave us your comments, questions, and feedback. If you are new to the Live Lead Last podcast community, we would love for you to subscribe. And if you are willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, it will help us get the word out and help others find the show. We would also love to invite you to follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. Leave us a message or comment. We would love to hear from you. And as we wrap up today, we want to encourage you to lead your life and leverage your influence today in a way that leaves the legacy you want for tomorrow. Until next week, bye-bye.